What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast presented by House Enterprise. As always, I am your host, Jared Magazine, just your neighborly normal guy with a lazy eye here connecting with people who have incredible stories to tell. Today, we are keeping it in the neighborhood. We have one of the funniest people here in Boston joining today's show. Whether it's his skits depicting corporate America and their love for Patagonias or just absolutely glorifying the Southie persona, he does not miss. I am, of course, talking about my friend Fenty Fried Chicken. He joins today's show to tell us all about how Fenty Fried Chicken came to be, how it started as a meme account, turned a video content hub, and the guy is just honestly one of Boston's finest. So, so pumped to have him on the show. So pumped for you guys to hear his story. So without further ado, here is the one and only Fenty Fried Chicken. This is the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, everyone. Well, on this week's episode, we welcome a very special guest, best known for his incredible comedy skits on TikTok, whether it be layering on the Patagonias for the finance bros or depicting the usual Southie crowd. This guy simply does not miss. Our next guest has over 3 million likes on TikTok and followed by over 100,000 people across social media. I'm, of course, talking about my guy, Fenty Fried Chicken. How are you, man? Welcome to the show. Jared, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute treat. Happy to be here. I, I it better be because man you are episode 90. Uh I'm I'm honored wow. to have you on. I feel like it's I'm ashamed that it's taken us this long to get to you here on episode 90, but I'm so thankful that you're here nonetheless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing with TikTok. Like you re- like you people will come up to me and say like, "Oh, like do you know this person, this person, this person?" And yeah. unless you do or interact with that similar sort of stuff, you could just be on the complete opposite sides and not see people even if they have like millions of followers. So exactly. It's, you know, TikTok is so good at finding your little niches and silos and just sending you down that path. Exactly. And like what I, what I love about just like the Boston content world is like you find someone pretty quickly and then they're just, they're like stapled onto your for you page. (laughs) I mean, like you're in there for good, which I love about your content. The thing that did me in that I was like, all right, this is the last, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. That had to get you on was your was your dig at my alma mater, Providence College. Now I know you dig your alma mater at Boston College, but I was like, all right, we got to duke this out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like someone had to take the brunt of being the like Southie joke, and oh, you, I mean, you got it, you nailed it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but you look around, like there's Providence College, Fairfield, Holy Cross. So I'm trying to like spread them out right across everything, right? Because you can't just have like, I don't know, you walk around the streets of Southie, it's the same sort of colleges. You can't put them all in the same one. So no. seeing, you know, which which college is going to get the, like, Southie hit that time. Exactly. I mean, I will say, like, we, we call Southie PC North. Like, I mean, it is literally <laughs> just everyone migrates up to Southie. And it's, it's, it's as if it's, like, the same exact layout as our off-campus housing senior year. So we don't get to live off campus till our senior year. I know that that rule has changed. So, but that was how it was when I was there. Um, and it literally is like, it's, it's one big street followed by side streets. And it's exactly as if the big street was Broadway. And then you have, you know, first, second, third. So it's, it's literally your carbon copy of what we were used to in college. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And I mean, even just the feel of Southie in general is very much like college extended. College extended, and then but then you throw the wrench of like the forty year old that will will never leave, has never left, and they they run the show. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You ever go to Tom English's? That's literally it's the perfect fifty fifty split of like me and then some fifty year old being like, I remember when none of you motherfuckers were here. Like <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like like he's on the set of a of a Matt Damon film, of a Ben Affleck film. Like none of us, just those guys. Oh, absolutely. I'm waiting for that Boston movie that's like, actually, Southie is not, you know, the departed anymore. It's actually just a big party. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's all it is. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would be an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, would it? <laughs> Probably not. I've made jokes about that just in my TikToks where yeah. it's Southie then, Southie now, and it's that same sort of shtick where the Ben Affleck character is like, dude, we got to get out of this town, man. Like, it's no good. I'm tired of the robbing, the stealing. Like, it's no good, man. And then it flips to now, and it's some kid at a pregame being like, dude, our landlord raised rent again. That's it. That's all Southie is. Dude, yeah. they raised the rents again. And this year, I mean, whether you're in Somerville or Southie, the rents just got hit hard. And I'm just, yeah. I mean, I didn't move because I didn't want to move. <laughs> I'm yeah. still going to re-up, so, I mean, but it was ridiculous. But set the record straight then. Who loves Boston more than you? Uh, I mean, what? <laughs> contrary Correct to answer is nobody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Contrary to popular belief, I am, like, from the Boston area. Oh, I, love, I know, yeah. <laughs> I love reading hate content where, like, go back to Connecticut. I'm like, I'm not from there. I can't go back to Connecticut. I grew up, uh, like, 25 minutes north of Boston, Winchester. I went to BC, and now I live in Southie, so everything is in that like 15 mile radius and i mean yeah there are people who will like cheer for the pats until their throats bleed but right. as far as it comes like it's boston everything here exactly yeah i mean you, you so you brought up you lived in winchester and you went to bc you forgot to mention one little part there you did, were you born in medford or you, you did you live in medford born in medford and lived born there for medford. like four or five years okay yeah. So I got to ask because we've had a, another Medford born and raised on the show. Kelly's roast beef, one through ten. Where do you rank it? Uh, or, like on a scale of one to ten, what do you give it? Yeah, I got to be like nine two. Okay, well, okay. So they said yeah. it was god tier. So I've lived in Somerville now. I'm on my f third, fourth year living here. I can see the Cappy's greenlit sign from my apartment, and Kelly's is okay. just around the corner. I haven't tried it yet, and I really got to. So, I mean, I think you guys have you guys have taught me that it needs to happen at this point, right? It's it's heavenly, like it's okay. so good. But I'm very stingy about my ratings. Like even my favorite place, Jim's Market, like they have a breakfast sandwich called the B Boy. It's a bacon, egg, and cheese with a hash brown in it. They've got James River Barbecue, which goes on Kelly's Roast Beef anyway. So if, the best way I can describe it is like a Chipotle barbecue. Mm -hmm. And even that sandwich, which I swear by, will die on any hill that like that is the best sandwich. It gets like a 9.6. Okay, so I mean a 9.2 is very up there. You, you kinda, you're, you're, you're definitely on the Portnoy type of scale. Like you, there's no easy way out. There's no easy There's no like there I don't see a world in which something gets a ten. Like I even have a sandwich named after me at Jim's Market and it's like a nine three. <laughs> you know? You're like, can I have the one that I ranked higher be after me, not this one? <laughs> no, like I I had the input because Fenty fried chicken, I wanted it to have like chicken fingers in it. Yeah. And I guess uh Justin the owner was like, Alright, I got an idea for you. Uh chicken nugget or chicken fingers, roast beef, Taylor ham, sauce cheese mayo put on a sub roll and i said absolutely and, that sounds delicious let's make it happen 
and a and Diet Coke and you're good to go, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you don't want to move for eight hours, that's your play. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. So, um, uh, and then I got to ask about Medford, too. Is there a better liquor store than Cappy's? I know I brought it up. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's all the same. It's no. all the same. Oh, don't say that. Don't say Boo that. stores? Boo stores are all the same. You get no. the same stuff anywhere. No, no, no. This customer service at Cappy's is top tier. The fact that you can go into the fridge and just go into their stockpile and grab what you want is also top tier. Cappy's is superior, in my opinion. I've never had an instance where I can't go into the back fridge. Oh, I have. Where, yeah. I guess I'm going to the wrong booze stores then. So I guess I'll, I'll stick yeah. to Cappy's. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've never been. I've never been particular to a booze place. I know that probably just made me seem like I have a problem or something. <laughs> no, you're particular. That's all that means. I'm just you yeah, want just, you. I like what you I like. Everywhere you go, exactly. Exactly. So it, it, we'll get to the content here. It took me a, a while to get to your first TikTok because, I mean, you're on like a, a six posts a week type of schedule. But it, I dated it back to March of 2021. But before we get into the TikTok and what you're doing today, where did your love for comedy and sketches really start to come from? Yeah. So uh, it really started in elementary school when I found out what stand up was and like hand to god i used to memorize entire like brian regan mm. uh monologues and then would like perform it at like elementary school talent shows or whenever the teacher would just like leave the room i would just go up and do it <laughs> so i've always like wanted to do that sort of stuff uh and i kind of have a very like follow the dopamine mindset so like all throughout middle school and high school i was just ripping through like phases of my life like right uh there was like a break dancing phase there was uh buying and selling stuff on ebay phase like really anything that i could just hyper focus on and comedy was always the one that stuck around and then when i got to college i found a satire group called the new england classic so that really was just a perfect way to keep it going and as i was there it expanded from just writing articles to more producing sketches we did a live show that made fun of ted talks so we just mm. gave like sarcastic ted talks um i tried stand up a few times it was a lot of fun i would love for it to bring me to that later on but just the open mic scene is really tough here in terms of like you got to sit through four hours of people performing you only get four minutes so i figured uh with covid i've been seeing a lot of people do comedy online like the people i point to are like jack martin corporate natalie billy and chet those sort of you know the, the the title contenders in TikTok comedy realm. And I thought, I can do that. Like, mm -hmm. I, I got ideas. Um, and I had already made Fenty Fried Chicken a meme page in December of 2020. And then I just started supplementing it with video stuff. And right around March was when I started doing TikTok stuff. And that just, it caught on. And so I transitioned from doing memes to doing video stuff. And uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's snowballed into this bigger thing than I it's thought working. it would be. Yeah, no, yeah. it's working. I wanted to, I, I wanted to touch on like, you know, we talked about stand up comedy and like, especially the open mic scene here in Boston, it's, it's a little bit smaller than that of like LA and New York, obviously. But to your point, you got to sit through four hours. You got to, you get four minutes and your reach is, we'll just stick with the four scene, 40 to four people, you know, like four to four, 40 people at that point right so the reach that you have with tiktok is 
it's it's infinite, right? I mean, your your videos can be seen by millions of people at any given point. So, I think to your point, like the as much as you love and have that soft spot in your heart in the comedy realm for stand up, where you're at right now, what you're doing right now, the reach just makes made more sense to go on the tech talk round. And it's funny because like a lot of stand up comedians will tear that down. It's like, that's not real comedy. It's just, it's Vine 2.0. It's not you know, like whatever. It's like, no, it's, it's working. <laughs> like, and more and more comedians I think are like opening up to like putting their sketches on to TikTok. But it, it was so funny that like it started as this is like the black box of comedy. Yeah. And I, I mean, especially with TikTok starting, it was musically before. And right. I remember right. getting targeted ads when I was in college and it was like, more or less furries dancing to like old timey 1940 songs like in i remember it was this like half the screen was like this pink animaltronic sort of looking thing and the right half was this like vampire looking thing and it was dancing to like a <laughs> i don't want to interact with this app at all this looks no. terrible and then it turned and into like 16 year old boys <laughs> Yeah, I'm lip syncing songs. You're like, I'm out on that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, this looks terrible. I don't want to. And the fact that they were just pumping and pumping into Snapchat and Instagram, like, I don't want to interact with this at all. And then come the pandemic, people took over TikTok to make it basically Vine 2.0. And it was unavoidable at that point. And with uh, whatever legislation was going on at the time, the U.S. government was like, we're going to ban TikTok. And I said, I, remember right, I should favorite. download it just in case yeah. it goes away. And then, you know, it was kind of that like, all right, let me just see what's going on here. All right, I'll, let me just spend five minutes. And then it became 10 and then 15. It's like, all right, maybe I should post something here. Instead of making a meme, I'll make this dumb joke about an intern who got their job because they know someone. And then <laughs> here we are. You know, it's so funny because, like, you brought up, like, back in the day, you know, back in the day to 2020, but back in the day when legislation was thinking about banning TikTok. Like, I remember episode three of this podcast, we were like, is it going to stay? Is it going to go? Like, that was, like, the big topic of of social media. Like, are we banning it? Is it going to die just like Vine did? And now it's like, no, it's, like, the only way people are consuming content these days. <laughs> so it's here to stay. But you talked about how Fenty Fried Chicken started as a meme account. Right. And then it transitioned to what it is today. That's a big transition, right? Going from written memes and not hiding behind a camera, but you're not the front face of this of this profile. Like how what was that transition like for you? Was it a big transition? But because you're so used to comedy, like I feel like it was pretty turnkey in that sense. It in terms of the comedy, it wasn't that much of a pivot because, you know, you're you're basically trying to deliver a joke as quick as you can. Mm -hmm. So in the memes, it was like, uh, my favorite one I did, it was uh, me after I've had one glass of water after a full Saturday of day drinking and fast food. And it's Big Hero 6 saying, I am healthcare. <laughs> so it's just like a quick, easy way to say a very relatable joke. Right. And yeah. TikTok is the same way. You lose people if you have to do any setup. Like your overhead caption really has to just key in the viewer what's going on. And your first joke has to hit. Otherwise, you're going to lose everyone. Um, so the transition of actually like producing comedy or the sketch, whatever it may be, wasn't that different. What was different was having to think about like, it's my face. It's my likeness. People are gonna, um, associate me with anything that I pump out and I do have a real job. 
So I'm, I was very cautious, like, do I want work to see this? What if they do see it? What are they going to think about it? And I came to the conclusion that if I made everything clean and that if I theoretically could show everyone in my office this stuff, what's to stop me? Mm-hmm. And that's really where it started as just like mostly finance jokes, mostly corporate America jokes. And then as like my uh, friends were showing me like the guys they were matching with on Hinge, it was, I was seeing the same sort of stuff. Like I'm really attracted to Tom Brady, typical Sunday for me, Southeast Sunday in football with the boys. I'm like, all right, this, th- there's the joke that I need to joke about this. Right. So then I started making stuff about Boston and doing like Boston guys by neighborhood. Really any way that I can take the things that I've noticed in being in the Boston area and being a 20 something year old in Southie, like there's, there's patterns, there's similarities. I need to tell everyone. And it's, you know, I try to keep a clean profile. Uh, I think it's even a bigger challenge in comedy to make sure everything is digestible for everyone because it's uh, it's not fun when you're the butt of the joke. So I'm trying to make me or always punch up to some like, like uh, vague figure. Like yeah. Corporate America in general, you know, mm-hmm. no one's going to get their feelings hurt if you're talking about that. So that right. was it. It was weird to think about how are people going to perceive me? How are people going to perceive the comedy that I'm doing? And then um, it, I also wanted to separate like Joe, which is me, and Fenty Fried Chicken. Like I wanted to have the separation because when people recognize me, they're like, oh, I feel like I know you. I'm like, no, you don't. You know what I think is funny. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing, too. Like, your comedy is is so, it's, like, very character-driven. It's, like, this, I mean, I'm in one video, I could be playing seven different characters. Like, how is that, how do you think you know me if I'm, like, depicting different people in this in this video? And, like, but it's it's funny to me that, like, you, you brought up it, like, comedy, it, especially today in today's climate, is, like, you don't want to be the butt of the joke. You don't want to offend anybody. But it's, like, then how do, like, where where is the laugh and i'm not saying you have to offend people to laugh but you think of like how comedians think about comedy today it's like self-deprecation or like you know gender-based race-based and like we have to kind of move away from that because it's it's so outdated and so not i don't know it's just like you've heard it a million times and to the point where it's now like this is becoming offensive and it's not funny at all yeah like stereotypes just aren't funny absolutely so where like in terms of originality of a name or like my Instagram handle is he went to Jared and I created that like my sophomore year of high school and thought I was like the guy, like I was like, that's a funny joke. Um, I'm sure Jared, the gallery of jewelries is like coming for me. It's at some point, but um, where did you come up with the name Fenty fried chicken? Yeah. So as the meme page was being born, I wanted to have a very sticky name like rain Wilson from the office had soul pancake. And I thought like ever since I heard about it, it had, free real estate in my front head. So uh, I asked my friend, I'm like, look, I want to do something with like fried chicken. I'm starting with Fentucky fried chicken. And it's not sitting quite right. Well, like, what can, what can we do here? I said, shorten it to Fenty. And that's really all it took. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in the shortening of it, I like, yes, there's Rihanna's brand. There's like a Venti coffee. So I picked the one spelling that didn't already exist with an F and an I rather yes. than like a V and an I or an F and a Y. So that's that's where it came. And then, like, I, I was so deep into it that I wasn't going to change it from Fenty to my actual name. 
and it's kind of fun to just have that be its own thing. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm the same way with you went to Jared. Like, thank God my parents spelled my name wrong when I was born. Cause it's J E R O D and, <laughs> and you know, Jared, the gallery of jewelry can't really, can't really do much about that. So <laughs> yeah, you're your own Gerard. They, yeah. They can Gerard. Yeah. Thanks to Gerard Mayo here in new England. Everyone thinks I go by Gerard, which is fine. It's funny. Um, and I love like when I write a work email, I'll spell my name. It's in my signature, but they'll, they'll say, you know what? I want to spell it a different way. I want to spice it up. It's how it always goes, right? At least you got Joe. Like, can't really mess that one up. (laughs) No one messes up my name. (laughs) I love it. Thank God. But so I do have, and pun intended here, I do have a bone to pick with you, though, because I heard, you know, you said Kentucky Fried Chicken. I heard in an interview that your favorite fast food restaurant, favorite fast food restaurant is KFC. So you have some explaining to do. Uh, Yeah, I stand by it. Okay, but you, you got to back it up. How, all right, what like when if I were to give you, and I'm not even gonna, I won't even say like Chick Fil A versus KFC because we can do an entire podcast episode on that. But like, oh, of why not like uh, Shake Shack? Why not Taco Bell? Oh, well, why if not? you're bringing in, if you're bringing you, in, the you, I'm saying, fast I'm saying fast food. You said it's your favorite fast food restaurant, so I got to yeah, ask. Yeah, I don't count the fancy guys like Chipotle. Okay. Uh, Shake Shack, none of the like fancy ones that have like real like steel tables. No, okay, uh-uh. so drive through only here. Okay, so Taco Bell. Yeah, you're talking like an exit on a highway. Right. Actually. Okay. Yeah. So you got to go down to the Taco Bells, KFC, Wendy, BK, McDonald's. Yeah. And that that's kind of where I was living. Okay. So All right. Burger I mean, I guess King. New England doesn't have really outside outside of those like core six or whatever other fast food joints. I mean, my favorite is Del Taco in California, but just cause like, I, I mean, there's not a lot of versatility with KFC. I feel like you're right. But have you ever had a famous bowl? <laughs> I have, I mean, a popcorn chicken bowl there. I mean, it does rank up there in terms of best valued fast food meals, but I don't know. It's, it's just like, it's just one of those things where it, it's, it's just so tasty and it, <laughs> it's such a good experience having it. Granted, you feel terrible afterward. Oh, but 100%. A 10 I times feel out terrible. Of 10. Yeah, I feel terrible with any fast food now. If I eat a Crunchwrap Supreme, game over. Yeah. I can't move for three hours. So, <laughs> and Burger King, sorry if they're hearing this, they're just trash. Like, well, there goes my brand fries. deal. Thanks. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they have chicken fries. They're fantastic. And uh, I will give it to them. The King was pretty good. But other than that, like, it's just it's not hitting. So yeah, no, um, I get that. I get that. Wendy's, I think, is sneaky like a sneaky link with with like how good it can be. Like, yeah, th- their yeah. chicken sandwich is pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just got to it first with the baconator. They're like, yeah. let's just give the people what they want. They've been begging for it. They've been begging. For yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. But have you? All right. So I mean, they don't have the you know, nice tables, but, and they're not here in New England. Have you had In-N-Out Burger? I've never had In-N-Out. Okay. Thank God. Because I thought you were going to like come down my throat and say Shake Shack's better. Cause that's typically what I hear on the argument of In-N-Out versus Shake Shack. And the reason I, and like, I talked about this a couple episodes back. It's like, everyone thinks they have to go to great lengths to try a great hamburger when they hear that In-N-Out's the best fast food hamburger. Cause it's only in like six States or four States or whatever it is now. But like, I think Shake Shack's pretty good too. Like you, you don't have to go, like if you set the expectation and you set the bar so high. There's only so much a fast food restaurant can do. You know, it can't be all that 
you know, all that jazz. So thank God you haven't had it yet. But I do recommend it. If you're ever out in California, don't go there for In-N-Out. Go to California for California and try In-N-Out. <laughs> I was out in L.A. for uh, a client project like three months ago, and I just never got around to getting In-N-Out. So I, I was passing close. Ten of them. <laughs> I was close, but never got there. There you go. One day we'll, we'll, we'll do it together. We'll experience it together for you. <laughs> I'm down. All right. So I got to ask, cause I, I mentioned too, like you, the amount of content that you promote or that you put out is, is insane. I, like it's unrivaled by a lot of content creators out there, but what was kind of like, was there a catalyst or a tipping point after the first few videos that you're like, damn, this is really hitting. Like, was there a video that you can remember or like go back to being like, this is actually resonating with a lot of people. So the first series that took off was that Brandon, the intern, uh, like the intern who had a connection to get the job. And I Mm -hmm. did four or five parts of that. And every time I did one of those installments, it it hit home for people. Um, And I just kept thinking like, all right, what other things in finance in corporate America can I I make fun of? And all of the like Brandon uh, content came out before like any brands reached out to me before anyone was recognizing me anything like that and i just did a joke about how i literally have seven patagonias and i've gotten them mostly from work like five of the stuff that i have is from work and the other two were just from like christmases over the years and i've been five nine since ninth grade so everything still fits right and i just i realized that this is the joke like Sure, people love wearing it, but actually showing all the layers. And um, I remember thinking, like, how do I want to show this joke? And I figured, well, I am pumped every time I get one. Like, no matter. Yeah, sure. It's a different. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still pumped. Like, this is sick. Yeah, I want more Patagonia stuff. So I thought, that's the joke. Just do that, but show all the layers. So every time I got one, I would say something like, Oh, like, awesome. How'd you know I wanted this? Nice. I didn't have one in black. And every time still positive. And of course, people in the comments are like, why are you mad about getting Patagonia? I'm like, did you watch the video? I'm very happy about all of them. <laughs> but that one, it just skyrocketed to like 3 million views. Um, like my follower count went up like fourfold, but grand only to like 2,500. <laughs> but that was where people who like vaguely knew me from college, vaguely knew me from home were sending that video around to like my sisters or to some of my roommates or like my friends. And then it would come back to me like, dude, everyone is seeing this video. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's an intoxicating feeling to have people resonate and share your stuff and think that it's funny. So, um, that was the critical point where it went from me just making stuff quote when i thought of it to all right i'm gonna aim for like two to three a week and then once brand deals started coming in i was like well i don't want to just do brand stuff i have to like make sure i'm pumping out regular things so then it went to like three to four and then i went to all right every weekday and then well sunday's a good scroll day so now it's at six a week um and that's really just how it snowballed into what it is and like I have a notes app with all of the jokes that I've thought of and like things that I think are funny. I have a literal notepad next to me when I work that shows. We'll, we'll blur that out for you so that we don't get your content. No, I'm just no I mean, <laughs> if you want to do Jason Bateman dating, go for it. Love it. 
I actually, I mean, I, I can see where that idea popped into your head, and I'm excited to see where that one goes. What I love about the Patagonia skit is that it has evolved. Like, you brought it from the original, like, the, 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 the one finance bro getting it to two yuppies exchanging Christmas gifts. That one, that one really did me in because that was, like, when you were, like, I didn't know. Is this the, is this the season's, you know, newest deal? Or, wow, charcoal looks so good on me. Like, that, that one was great. And I, I guess, like... How then, like, I mean, why hasn't Patagonia reached out, first of all? And then <laughs> follow-up question to that, but I'll let you answer that one first. <laughs> I think they just, they don't need me. Like, the, no, they, the, <laughs> they know I'm going to keep making these jokes, and any press is good press. So, yeah, I'm making a joke at, oh, yeah, this is the typical Christmas present for working in corporate America. And they're like, yeah, sweet, keep doing it. You don't need to send your stuff. You're going to keep doing it anyway. <laughs> Exactly. No, exactly. But I like what I love too is like you brought up like once the brand deals started coming in, right? You didn't just turn to brand, brand, brand. Like my next three videos are all the brands that are working with me. But what I like too about your content and what I saw about like the bidet example, like you really turn it into your own video and keep it within the same theme of what your other, you know, nine videos from that last three weeks or whatever it looks like. Where does that kind of stem from? How do you make sure that you're keeping your originality even when some brand says, hey, like, I need you to do this type of video? Yeah, that's a good point. The bidet one, that was a fun one to film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah, of course. <laughs> like, I had to make an ad about a bidet. Like, that hilarious in of itself, I had to say yes. But now I'm at the point where I'm starting to say no to projects. When mm. it originally came about, like, it was so cool to hear you can make a hundred dollars making a video about this. And of course, like, yeah, I want to have my weekend expenses paid for. Are you kidding? Sure. And some of the stuff wasn't great, but now I'm starting to realize it's a two way street. Like you want to, you need to partner with things that are gonna not only work for you, but also resonate with your audience. So if I come out and say something like you should try, I don't know, these Lily Pulitzer dresses, people are like, what? what? You're doing Lily Pulitzer stuff? Like, Not to say that they actually reached out to me, but it wouldn't make sense given what I do. Mm-hmm. Or, and like the ones I always say no to are like NFT projects. I'm, I don't want to get involved. I don't care what it is. There's no world in which I think this is a good idea. So it's really a matter of finding you know, what you think will work well. And then it also is a challenge on the other end to get something like, um, trying to think of an ad I had to work really hard on. Um, it was this editing software called Femora and they just needed me to show off what it can do, but in an authentic way to me. And when it's that open-ended, it's so hard to narrow in on what the joke is going to be or what you think the video is going to be about. So, I just had, I kept seeing uh, this set to the world's smallest violin by AJR or whatever the band's actual name is. And at every like timpani sound, which is 0.01 seconds apart, like a, a clip would change. And I thought, all right, what's something that happens all the time in my life, in wherever, and how can I show this? So I thought, what if it was just showing off like the dating scene and being a mid 20 year old and just like having to slug through rejections or getting ghosted or it not working or timing being wrong. So I used it to do that. And it, 
it just felt like a very natural skit for me, a very natural fit into what I already do. And all they asked for me was just say, I made this with Filmora. Here's like their handle, check them out. And because it was a step up in terms of my normal editing, it made sense for me to shout them out. Like, look, right. I learned how to edit. This is what I made with it. It's way better than just like me doing my green screen stuff. Right. So yeah, in terms of the brands, it's, it's a good exercise to like see how can I fit it in with what I'm doing, but also making it not so this is an ad look at it. Yeah. It's so funny too. I mean, like I I brought this up on the show a while back. It's like have the ability to always say yes, you know, cause we're so young and like we, you know, we don't have a lot of dependencies and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm 24, you know, like I don't have to, I don't worry about my kids right now or whatnot. Like, but then to hear your thought process around that. And I, I actually agree with this a lot because I've had that happen to me, not on the scale that you're at, but like where brands will reach out and it just doesn't make sense. Like for you as for you as your personal brand, it makes no sense for me to be promoting out. Like, like I think everyone should go green, but like I don't nowhere in my content do I talk about recycling or the importance of, you know, reusing things. So it'd just be like so un- unauthentic if I were to just be all of a sudden like, look at me clean my apartment with this stuff. It's like, dude, no. I mean, so having that ability to kind of be picky a little bit with the types of brands that you work with or the organizations that you work with is actually going to benefit you as a personal brand too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to also ask, you know, we brought up the fact that you, you still work in corporate America, you know, in, in, in sort of that uh, consulting world. Uh, do What have your coworkers said? What have the organization said if they've seen the content, because I feel like that's always the thing that's holding people back is like, well, you know, obviously this content doesn't pay the bills yet. Not for you. I'm just saying, but like for like people who are just starting, it's obviously not paying bills. So I got to keep my nine to five, but I'm too nervous because I don't want my boss to see it. So what was that like first time them all seeing this type of content like for you? It it was definitely a little embarrassing the first time Mm -hmm. it happened because I mean, once you start doing anything, people are going to have their immediate response to it. I remember the first time I started making videos, people would like my friends would comment like, are you, did you literally wear a suit for a TikTok?" Like, because that was the first time I was doing it. It's, it's different. It's something to poke fun at. Um, so once my coworker started seeing it, it was different. It was like, why are you doing this? What, like, what's the point to all this? Which is weird that that's the question you ask. I remember one of my friends, um, she was saying, like, it's weird that people always ask, what was the point? Or, like, (laughs) why did you do it? Because we don't ask that about a lot of other hobbies. Like, if you go on a hike, no one's like, oh, did you get to the top? Was (laughs) Is that why you went? You can just say you went on a hike and people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You went on a hike because you wanted to hike. (laughs) Right. Or like so if you were to, you, if you were to comment this, on everybody's I, Instagram and be like, why are you posting this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, once that I had that mindset of, yeah, you can do things just because you like them. And as you know, people on my team would see them or get them sent to them, they would reach out to me and say, hey, are you, is it you on the internet? And I would explain, yeah, I'm a big comedy fan. Um it's just a fun little outlet. Like we all need something else on, not on the side, but something else to keep us busy and to, you know, have as an extra little challenge. So, 
Um, but to your original question of getting over the hurdle of having my coworkers see it, it's a matter of you gotta really believe in what you're doing and make sure that you can stand by it. Like it's it's very awkward anytime you have to show like your stuff to other people, but if you can comfortably quote unquote sit in the same room and have people watch it, I think that's a good sign of like all right whether it's like like a cooking thing or a blog type thing or even comedy for me, as long as you can stand behind the stuff that you're doing, I don't think you should be worried about what your coworkers, what your bosses are seeing. Because yeah. if it's good, if also if it's like quote unquote safe, like don't be making dirty jokes or be disparaging. <laughs> but uh, as long as you can stand by it, I don't see why. Like we're all just people, you know? Yeah, no, I, I like that point of like, you know, if you can feel comfortable enough standing in the room while everyone's watching your video or listening to your podcast, like, what do you have ashamed of? You know, like, and we live in a world today where, like, because of things like COVID, like, it's it should be, it, it is, it's starting to become more, like, praise that people have outlets or things outside of their traditional, quote, unquote, nine to five, because it's like, I have that time, right? Like, if I'm not binge watching Netflix and, you know, just... I don't know, eating a bunch of junk food. Like I'm doing the things that outside of the nine, I mean, Hey, I'm all for those days. Right. But like, you know, I just told you today, like I just came off of a work call to do this and I'm so excited to do this. And like, that's part of what I was looking for all day. Like I love my job. I love where I work, but like, there's also things that you should be looking forward to beyond what you're currently doing. So having that outlet is never a bad thing. It's just becoming more and more comfortable with kind of publishing it out to other people to see it. And what I think a lot of people don't think about immediately is that it will connect you to people who want to do similar things or who want to be involved. Like I've now met around 10 people in just the Boston content space who not only I've worked with, but have like started to just talk to mm-hmm. like to ask questions or see if like they're doing some brand deal with this or if they're going to X event or Hey, like I'm at this point in, my following what 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 did you do here what like how can you know how can i navigate this and it's just good to have people to talk to and you know uh just go with you on the journey so like yeah it's cool that i've made friends through this but also it's stuff that i like doing and it makes it that much more fun to have other people who like doing it as well and then getting to talk about oh did you see what like this person came out with i love how they did this with the editing or i love how they did this with the joke how did they do this with like the audio right um it's like finding your own little group to just nerd out about the same sort of stuff you like absolutely i could not agree more like i people ask me all the time like you know like why'd you do the podcast or why are you still doing the podcast it's like the amount of opportunities that have stemmed from this podcast like no, I'm not charting on Spotify. No, I have not gotten my Spotify exclusive yet. But <laughs> I've gotten to meet Fenty Fried Chicken. I've gotten to meet, you know, like I've gotten to connect with incredible people here in Boston, incredible, incredible people across the country and do things that if I wasn't doing this podcast, I would have never done. So that's what I love. And to your point, I, I think like, and this is a perfect segue into my next question, like the Boston content community is so like open and willing to help others out there, right? Like you've done a lot of work with other content creators like Everyday Maggie or Narcolepsy Betsy and many more. Like, is there, is there one 
that you're like dying to do yet or collaborate? Uh, so I have uh, I have one cooking with Kevin Cooney. I'm very excited about it. I yeah I sent Friend him the, the program, script. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I sent him the script this morning. He was like, "Let's do it." So we're coordinating a time. Um, so I'm really excited about that one. But really, I I try to do uh, who comes to me, and I I will try to write a skit that kind of works for all of us because I always want to say yes to anyone who reaches out to me. I th- I think it's such a uh, you know, such a nice gesture to say, hey, I think you're great. I would love to work with you. And of course, I want to make that happen. Um, especially if they're newer to everything. Like, I want to help them out in terms of like, oh, this is what I used to do. And now here's what I do in terms of editing or filming and posting schedule. Um, because when I started out, I didn't have anyone to like ask my questions to. So I want to be there in order to not help out, but just let them know like hey we've you know so you had to start somewhere like let, let's talk about it so um I, I i just look forward to the next person that slides in my dms and says hey you're funny you want to do a skit I'm like yeah like what's your what's your shtick what what do you want to do um i mean my first question is do you have anything in mind and 90 percent of the time they don't which is <laughs> Uh, you know, people think because I do skits, because I'm writing sketch that I'll have stuff just ready to go. Like, right. no, I, I don't. <laughs> well, uh, you also don't want to take away from their kind of personality, right? Like if, you know, you're not going to always have a piece of content that's right. Like, actually, I've been drafting this one up and I've been waiting for you to DM me. Like, I have it ready for you because like, you don't really know how, what they want, what they like, what, the, how they work. So like, yeah, that, it's a good point of like, no, I don't have anything planned. <laughs> Yeah, and I wrote one with Grace Gagnon and Jonah, um, and it was Boston if it were set, or a new girl if it were set in Boston. Yeah, that was great. We had a perfect cast, and I remember Jonah asking me, do you want me to do a Boston accent? Like, no, that's not your thing. You're going to be more like the Schmidt character, because it makes more sense for you to do that, and then I'll be more the Nick Miller coach hybrid that is actually from here, because that makes more sense, and Grace played the role of this Jess CC hybrid perfectly. Uh, so it worked, it worked for like who they were. I had, to, I had to like watch their stuff a little bit to get a feel of what lines they would deliver. Well, what sort of character they could do and how to make the skit all talk. So everyone quote unquote has a punchline, which I think something um, that doesn't get considered fully in collaboration videos is you want to highlight the other person. You got to let them deliver some jokes. It's not just you you know, having a, a side character to bounce off of, like they got to deliver some punchlines. They got to, you know, have the good joke there. And I mean, uh, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's a labor of love to come up with skits, but it's, it's fun. I like doing it, especially when I'm really excited about something. Like I had eight of my boss and content people, all in one video to talk about the Boston roofie epidemic. Mm. And it was like, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it, but I want to do it in a way that wasn't just saying like, haha, roofie's bad, but to, you know, call attention to it and let people know, like, yeah, we are thinking about this. It's very bad. It's very, uh, very, very bad. <laughs> it's very bad, but yeah. I wanted to you know, not make a joke about it, but to put comedy in there somehow. So there was like, the joke was my friend Mel, um, she 
DMs and asks a bunch of restaurants like, hey, what are you going to do about this? And the ones that gave subpar or no answers, they're like, all right, we need to show people that like they're not doing enough. Um, And sure, it's not totally on the restaurant to be 100% responsible, but for some places to not want to try or to not want to help, like, look, you you should hope that... (laughs) You should hope that people want to uh, make you feel safe. So that's what we wanted to bring light to. And I thought it was a lot of fun to work with everyone. And I just had to think, all right, who can be this bar? Who can be that bar? What line would be funny here? Yeah. And yeah, I wanted to have that college humor, hardly working feel to it. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that was it's anytime I get to work with someone, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, on the collabing note, like, thank you again for answering my DM and coming on the show. It's been, it has been an absolute blast. Um, so thank you. And, uh, I know, I know hey, you have a, a bone to pick with podcasts, but <laughs> not a bone to pick with no, podcasts, I know, I know. a bone to pick with people who think they can just start one. Like, like I me. know you've been in that terrible <laughs> conversation with some of your like high school friends were like, dude, I think we could just like start a podcast. Like we're funny. And then you ask, all right, what would it be about? And their immediate response is, oh, no, we would just, like, shoot the shit. Yes. Like, no, that's – no one cares. No one needs to hear your, like, regurgitated Joe Rogan or Barstool takes. Unless you have a novel idea, don't do it. No, I agree with you because I'm I'm, – I'll hand up. I did this, right? Like, I wanted to be – like, this was, like, back in, like – to senior year of college like i wanted to start this podcast and i was like oh i got it like i'm gonna be the next you know joe rogan or whatever and like it didn't work it was a big flop and i took what i learned took a couple years off and was like you know what like how do we re- how do we rethink this and like what to your point like because there's a million podcasts under the sun what makes my podcast different and Lo and behold, I don't like I'm not saying this is a podcast about lazy eyes, but like this is a podcast that can open the door to like, hey, like I have something weird with me. Let's talk to people that have something unique about themselves and we can all have that type of conversation. And that's what clicked about this show rather than, oh, dude, let's talk about how the Patriots stink and like lost to the Eagles in a Super Bowl, like to a backup quarterback. And that's that is a dig right at you because I'm. Yeah, no, I, I caught that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, so that's what that's what I meant. Like, I was just like, like, that's it's fu- like, just, like people ask or you know, like I, I've had a couple of requests of people to come on the show and like I want to have them on. But I'm like, they're like, let's just let's just let's just talk. And I'm like, no, like, no one wants to hear that. And I just, love these guys. Be, like, I it's love not them. Be interesting. No, it's not it's like, be interesting. Like, exactly. So um, back to the Boston content portion and like what I think makes con- and I want to hear your take. And I think what yeah. makes Boston content so unique, right? Like what I love to hear is like your take on we have the content creators out in New York. We have the content creators out in L.A. And yes, they come in through our for you pages. What do you think makes Boston content kind of sit beyond the rest of the field not necessarily that it's better or worse but like what sets it apart from what we're seeing from la new york etc i mean anytime you have regional based humor it's just going to speak to the people who are in that space like uh with new york ones i've seen skits where it's like pov your friend just moved into a six floor walk up and she's very excited about it so you see like their jokes about like murray hill or upper east side or hell's kitchen and, you know, talking about the environment, talking about what makes that place unique. And anytime you can feel like you're part of something and feel the uniqueness, it's just fun. Like, 
even there's I I can't remember his name, but he does just like what it's like to be in Minnesota, and it's so he's all nice and polite, and it's just kind of fun to get that look into it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's fun to look into the Boston atmosphere. It's a very it's a very unique place in terms of there's so much just like hidden aggression, but we don't know any better. So that's right. just how we communicate. Like at, at some of my favorite restaurants in Medford growing up, you just walk in and they'd be like, what do you ladies want? I'm like, we just wanted to just eat your food. But that was just them saying welcome, you know? Right. right. <laughs> so, oh. That's I have so many examples of that here in Somerville. Like shout out, yeah. Ke- shout out Kelly's Diner. We walked in with six people, um, and it's just like it's like booth service. I mean, there's like maybe six tables in there, and like they wanted the business, but they were like, "What do you think we're gonna do? What do you, what do you think we're gonna do? We're gonna merge a bunch of tables just for you? And like, what do you think? Like this isn't. Like, yeah. I was like, yes. Like I was like putting my hands. I'm trying. Like I'm like, if you don't want to, like we can go somewhere else. And they're like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. And they were like moving guests. They're like, can you sit at the bot? Like I was like, oh my god. Like yeah. we're causing this big scene. I was like, okay, but it is just like it, like that's what Boston is. Like that's their way of saying hello and welcome to our restaurant. Mm-hmm. And um, there's just so many pockets within Boston, like. Even Cape Cod, it's a whole different feel there. Oh, my God. It's a whole uh, different world over there. A whole know? different world. But it's fun to bring that in because it's, you know, anything in Massachusetts, can, it does get lumped into Boston stuff. Like, it, the entire state really just goes there. Right. But it's so different between Western Mass and, you know, Boston, North Shore, South Shore, Cape Cod. Everything has its own little flavor. And it's fun to just talk about it and you really don't see the differences unless you've been here a while to sort of notice, you know, the, the, like the Lowell's versus the Woburns or the Swamp Scots versus the Hawkingtons, you know, there's, there's like minutia of difference, but it's, that's where the funny is. Yeah. I did my stint in Woburn for a year right out of college and I have a soft spot for Lord Hobo and their, and their great chicken wings, but not much to do out there. <laughs> hey, Lord Hobo is a lot of fun. I'll give it them is. that. It is. Other than that, you got a Wendy's right by the freeway and, and that's, that's about it. <laughs> much. <laughs> but so, you know, I, I actually posed this question to Connor Coyne and Kevin Cooney when they were on the show. You know, you talk about the uniqueness of, of Boston's content. Do you think though there is an oversaturation of content here or are we just scratching the surface? Um, I mean, I, I think some bits have been beat to a bloody pulp. Mm-hmm. Like anytime I see something about, Oh, someone trying to pronounce Massachusetts towns. I'm like, don't, I get it. Ha ha. Gloucester, Worcester, <laughs> Bill Ricca. Like that joke has been done so many times. So, but if you come into it as a new person, you you haven't seen all the attempts at it. Right. So I think that has kind of been done before. Those, like, the, I'll call them the, like, aunt at Thanksgiving jokes, where she's like, oh, have you done a joke about Dunkin' Donuts, the Patriots, the funny naming sounds in towns? I'm like, yes, yes, I have <laughs> done all those. Or someone else has done them better than me, or they did it before me. So, yeah, I'm I'm not saying all of my stuff is totally unique and totally like groundbreaking. There are ones where I'm just saying, "Here's Boston vernacular." Sorry, like I'm pumping <laughs> out six a week. I'm trying my best. Right, right. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, go 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 ahead. Sorry. Yeah, all that to say, I don't think there's an oversaturation of people. 
I think some bits have been, they've run their course and there's no way to stop it because, you know, sometimes we just get strapped for content and people are just going to push out something just to fill the space in between. Because uh, it's hard to come up with stuff, especially when you're in the mindset of like, I, I can't think of anything. Come on, brain, work. Think of jokes. Think of jokes. Right. And that is never productive. It's always when you're like going on a run or uh, in a workout or just having a conversation with friends that you get one joke or one idea and you're like, all right, write that down. Right. And then you film that. And then the different ways you could do it or the different things you could put into it, that makes more things. Absolutely. Um, and it's fun to see. Like, I think Boston creators, they will do stuff about Boston, but then also find their sub niches within that. Um, like, you know, I do Boston, but I also just do general sketch and also corporate America. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Cooney has his like Boston shtick, but he also does the hello, wake up, like you bad, beautiful bitch series. Uh, Connor Coyne has his like go on South End walks with me. And he's just kind of vibing and hanging out. So we, you see where the Boston starts, but then also the extrapolation of the personality. So I, th- I think that's interesting of this place. I think what also interests me, and I guess it's because I've lived here and like just started moving here and four or five years ago or whatever, is like everything that people do here doesn't feel like it's so far away. You know, like when you think about New York content, you're like, that's a whole other world. Like they're Upper East Side or whatever. Like... And then, like, here it's like, oh, I could walk to the North End. Oh, I could walk to Charleston. Like, like, it's not, like, it's, like, this unobtainable thing. And it's just, like, it kind of feels a little bit more like, man, it's just cool to see that they're doing this content in my backyard. You know what I mean? Rather than, like, oh, they have a, you know, a penthouse apartment somewhere. And that just doesn't feel obtainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see locations. And a lot of, like, anytime you're doing stuff at a restaurant, people are like, oh, I know that place. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, or maybe I'll make a reservation to that place for tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, so I guess to um, where are, would you say, Boston content creators missing out? Is there a gap that you've seen from your time creating content that should be filled or could be filled by Boston content creators? I just don't think there's as much of a community as I thought there would be. Um, I don't know if that's just emblematic of TikTok and that you can really occupy so many different spaces. Like, um, I was fortunate enough to get invited to Gillette Stadium uh, with a bunch of other content creators. And you will see people who have a massive following and you'll just have no idea who they are because you don't occupy the same space. Mm -hmm. And then you look them up afterwards, like, oh my God, they have like a million followers. They have, you know, 1.5 million but I have never had to come across your stuff because I don't do that same thing. So I don't know whether it's how social media is evolving or if it's just Boston in general, but I feel like a lot of the content creators in LA work together all the time, have like groups or um, even down in Austin, I love what egg party is doing. It's like seven comedians all living in a house and they each have their own separate accounts, but they also have the one larger egg party account. And I think that's just more fun to have like a big group setting to it all. And I haven't really seen that here in Boston. There isn't like the one collective group, but it would be so hard to do because there's so many fun people to work with. There's so many great personalities here. So like, where would you draw the line? Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, I mean, like, that too. And I, I I, don't know if a Boston content house would ever happen. You know, like, 
just people have their like their preferences. Like I'm a Southie person, or I like to live in the North End, or like I like to live in back. I guess I mean a, a brownstone on you know on Boylston Street wouldn't be too bad, right? Like <laughs> that would be cool. That would definitely be cool. <laughs> Could we afford that rent? Maybe not, but it'd be cool to think oh, about. <laughs> but um, switching topics here because I I have to bring this up. Because if yeah. someone if someone who that follows your content, they might know what I'm talking about. But I hope you know exactly what I'm talking about. Where did the playroom rug come from? Oh, good question. <laughs> so that was in the early meme stage yes. when it was meme page. Like I knew that fuck Jerry had his um, splatter paint design, and no one had used that car rug. So I, I rug. thought, uh, yeah, me too. That's why in I wanted playroom. So yeah, so I thought <laughs> let's. That was originally the logo, or not the logo, but like the profile photo that I had. And then once I switched over to TikTok and doing that, it was my face superimposed over the rug. And then I thought I was going to do that with like merch or make more of that like my identity, like get that. Like I do have the pullover version where it's like the full on print. Yeah. But then I realized that it's it, it wasn't what I had envisioned for it. Like, it made sense when this was a meme page, but it doesn't really make sense to be Fenty Fried Chicken. So when I actually did design my hoodies and shirts, I thought, do I want to include that? And I thought, you know what? Let's let's do my own thing. Let's stick to the chicken. Let's stick to, like, having the influence of Boston and it just kind of being silly. But that's really where the rug came from. It was just something I liked and something I thought I could do given that I was a meme page originally. The skit where you had Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog, I was like, this is this is so accurate. I mean, the coughing with the mouth open, tongue out, the sniffling <laughs> from elbow to hand. Like I was like, I mean, I've babysat kids that definitely one thousand percent did this exact talk track to me. So <laughs> yeah, and like I picked something like Sonic, which I was super into as a right. kid, and I probably had that conversation with like my parents or my older cousins. Hundred percent. You have to like Tails is so cool. He does this, and but Knuckles, he's he's the one with the big fist because he's looking for the Chaos Emeralds. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I love about kids telling stories because you could be there for twenty five minutes before they even get the characters out. You know, it's yeah. like I met Becky at the swing set, and she well, she was wearing pink shoes, and well, then I my buddy Connor, <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, get to the. Point. <laughs> like, they don't this? know what details are important. No, there's no... So they just throw it all at you Everything. and as they remember them. <laughs> yeah, so, I could just see like the sensors in their brain like boom, 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 boom. Like just getting everything right at them. I love yeah, it. Yeah, if I don't <laughs> say she was on the third swing, then this whole story shot. It's it's dead. <laughs> I mean, it's done. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, so we've gotten to the portion of the show. We've done this with a couple of Boston content creators as well. We're going to play Fenty's Boston Favorites. Are you ready for this? So yes. pretty easy, pretty straightforward. You can give your you – know, this is a long-form content episode, so you can give your explanation as to why. But don't have to think too much into it, all right? So we'll okay. start with One an easy – you got it. Well, yeah, it's like rapid fire, sort of, <laughs> kind of. Depends. But, all right, so what's Fenty's favorite Boston bar? Oh, uh, Tom English's. Wow, it's, okay. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's Southie, um, but it still has that, like, old Southie feel to it. You can play darts. You can play pool. Bucket of beers is, like, 20 bucks. And um, usually there's not a line, but the people are finding out about it, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I do love it and I do talk about it, but like, I want to be able to get in. 
Right. Well, <laughs> you just after this podcast episode blows up, I mean, you might need to go find a new bar. I I hope not. I love that place. <laughs> it's just it, it's just fun. There you the music's played at a right volume. You can actually talk to the person that you're talking to and actually hear what they're saying. Uh, it's like a mile from my place, so I can walk there. And uh, no cover, which is no. Cool. There you go. I do love the like white bulls and the bell in hands, but paying ten bucks to go every time, like, yeah, I'm gonna do it, but I'm not happy about it. That's like we we walked into Bell in Hand. Shout out Bell in Hand because I hope you don't get too mad at this. But like, I like it was empty. I mean, it was like a Thursday night. It was actually just after the Frozen Four was here in Boston, and like mm-hmm. the losing team's families was was coming in. So the vibe there was like not great, you know. Not and nice. it's like they're still asking for a ten dollar cover. I'm like to stand in an empty bar. Like the, like okay, sure. Like, shout out you. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you can go to one of these bars and it could be dead, and then your friends say, oh, we're actually going to pivot and go here. And you're like, but I already paid. Yeah, exactly. Like, why can't we make this this the thing tonight? Like, yeah, even if we're, we're all going to talk here. to each other anyway. Just yeah. go here. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. All right. So you love the Hinge sketches. So I got to ask you this. Where's your favorite place to take a first date? Ooh. Um... I wouldn't. I'm not sure if it's always first date material, but I do love local 149 just because mm. the food's delicious and the drinks are good. Um, also, shout out Fat Baby. That place is great. Um, but I think that one's a little more like you sit at the bar and kind of hang out. When local 149 is more of a like sit down dinner experience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, depends on the vibe. Also, I love going to Improv Asylum, but. Ooh. Yeah, just because you have a bar, you can drink, but then there's a show and you can, you know, just watch that and then talk about that afterward. Give you a talking um, point. Exactly. Give you a talking point and it's the perfect it's only like 90 minutes, so it's not too long. You can like do something before, you can do something after. Um so I, I would say those 3, not sure how to power rank them, but those are <laughs> those are the 3 dates I like doing. I was going to say is there like there's always got to be a second location, right? Like you got to go somewhere after the date. So is there like, would you go to the improv asylum after dinner at local one forty nine, or would you like go somewhere oh, you're else? Gonna, you're going to go from Southie all the way to North end. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, yeah, okay, fair enough. But I, I guess those are two bad examples. I was going to say my favorite, like, I don't know, like the, we, we were at this spot that I'm about to say, and we were just like, it's a very crowded space. So this one girl was sitting, you know, with a date and the date went to the bathroom and obviously me and my roommate, we were like, how's it going? Like, do you need any help? Or like, yeah, like we were just like hyping her up and she's like, honestly not great. And we're like, no, we're like, no, Uh but I'm talking about, um, modern pastries basement. That is like a super fun, chill spot. We had like pictures of espresso martinis. And I think that's what got us to talk to this person. And I was like, Mm -hmm. you know, I felt, I was like, Oh no, he was wearing a Patagonia vest. So that could have been it. (laughs) Stop. All right. So, um, what's your favorite thing to do on a Saturday during the day in Boston? Um, besides day drink. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, I don't want to be like lame, be like hang out with my Harpoon friends. Fest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that just you know? It's a nothing answer. Um, I I tend to go home a good amount. Like my mom still lives in Medford, so. I'll like go hang out with her, swing by Jim's market, grab a B-boy. Um, you know, some Saturdays we're going to like M street beach to hang out for a little bit. 
or I don't know, like kick a soccer ball around, throw a football, something like that. Just anything to get outside. Like there's a lot of places to just hang out or outside, like when yeah. you're going to the commons or going to the beach or something. So yeah, there, there's a lot of places to do that. So in an Except ideal world, <laughs> it's too hot to yeah. be outside. <laughs> yeah. I've, I got the fan full blast behind me. Right I know. Now. I know. I was going to say, I like, I've been working from home this week and I usually like to go in the office, but like, this is the worst week to work from home. Cause my AC bill is going to be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Starbucks or Dunkin'? Uh, I don't drink coffee actually. So oh, the, I, the, I know I'll just, I'll just get rid of that question. Just throw that. Uh, out. <laughs> no, I'll go to food. Cause I do eat at Dunkin' a lot. And okay. cause there's one like, I mean, it's not much to say. I live in Boston. There's one a quarter mile from me, but there That's is a dunk in a quarter mile for me. Their bagels are great. Sorry, New York snobs. Their bagels are good. Um, like, you can get a bacon, egg, and cheese for four bucks. That's pretty cool. So I like their food. I don't think Starbucks food is as filling, and it's way more expensive. So shout out, Duncan. There you go. All right, and then uh, lobster roll, hot or cold? Cold. Good answer. That's the only cold. correct answer. Is there, where's, 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 Go ahead. You're outside, and it's summer, and you want something cold, not hot. Yeah, where's your favorite lobster roll from here in the state? Um, Max Seafood out in Gotta be. Gotta be, gotta be. I'll be there on next Saturday. I, yeah, like, right it's... off, right off the boat, and I'll be at Max for my vacation. They know what they're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So, if you had to pick one section of Boston, I think I know the answer to this. But if you had to pick one section of Boston to live for the rest of your life, where would it be? North End, South East, Back Bay, Seaport, etc. Ooh. I mean, they all have such a distinct flavor to them. Like, it's, it's everything uh, is so different about them. It's awesome. They, I mean, I love it. Everything is so different about them. I know some people are probably like rolling their eyes at that, but like, it's the difference between Back Bay East and North End and like the West Side of Southie. So different. So, so different. it's like, um, uh, I mean, I could see myself getting sick of Southie when i'm older uh so i guess the safe play would be back bay because it okay. is pretty fun now to like go out there like there's yeah. good restaurants good bars but also there is a more like older crowd to it if you want to do that stuff so i, I would yeah i would say back bay is probably my answer i think i'm with you on that and it's also like a little bit more centrally located so if you did want to go to the north end or if you did want to go down to south it's like not the biggest hike in the world you know, like it's a quick Uber, I guess. It's not, you know, not walking distance, but I know walking from, what'd you say, Southie to the North End is just unheard of. Yeah, like 50 <laughs> minutes, maybe an hour. I've had to have that terrible walk home from Faneuil Bars. It. Oh, I've yeah. done it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, $120 Uber that I'm taking by myself, or am I going to waste an hour of my time? I'm like, we're going an hour. <laughs> we're getting our steps in, baby. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, and then last one of Fenty's favorites, not Boston-related, but this always hangs up people or gets them thinking. You get two beverages and three snacks on a road trip. What are you picking at the gas station? Uh, a bag of munchies, absolutely. I love that snack uh, just because it has, like, the four things in it. Mm-hmm. So a variety is cool. Um I really like peanut M&M's and I lie to myself like, oh, they have peanuts in them. They're good for you. So but <laughs> shout out peanut M&M's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I made a bag of beef jerky just because it's fun to chew on. Those are three all-star picks. All-star yeah. picks. And your two beverages. Obviously not uh, coffee, apparently. 
not coffee. <laughs> so, I mean, I, that's a lot of salty food coming my way. So, like, the biggest water they have or yeah. maybe, like, Poland Spring Seltzer, something like that. Okay. Um, and if they do have it, my favorite soda in the world is the Baja Blast. So, if I'm really going... If I'm really having a road trip, let's let's Baja blast off. Oh my god, I love it. Favorite favorite fast food is KFC, but if but if KFC sold the Baja Blast freeze, you'd be all over it. <laughs> well, also um, there are KFC Taco Bells, which yes. that would be my answer if I right. could. Okay, like, if you had to marry the two. <laughs> yeah, like because there was one right at Four Corners in Woburn, right outside the Y that we would go to every time after we play basketball. And you know we were getting the beefy five layer burrito and two chicken littles. Like, what a treat! Bulking season, baby. <laughs> yeah, we burnt we burned off with too many calories playing basketball. Now it's time to go fill it back up with processed garbage. <laughs> oh, I love it! All right, well we've gotten to the portion of the show now. I've asked you a hundred questions. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you have the mic here and ask me any question you want. You had an infamous skit about um we're, we're done with podcasts we're done with new podcasts so i'll uh, i'll uh, open the floodgates to you asking me any questions you want it doesn't have to be podcast related but well i'm i want it to be podcast related because you sure. have said how much fun you've had doing this and sure. you know that it's it's gotten you to like what i'm episode 90 yes congratulations you've interviewed 90 people i have to imagine that's a great uh part of all this but really what do you think the best part about being in the space, being in the podcasting space, and just getting to interview person after person? Yeah, it's a great question. I think the best part of it um, is, I know we talked about the opportunities that it brings you, like, you know, getting to connect with someone who's marketing at FootJoy, and then they can send you some cool sneakers, you know, uh, or, you know, working with brands like Manscaped or what tier, whatever. Like, those are fun. The opportunities are great. The people are even better, right? getting to meet you in, in a spectrum that is not like TikTok, right? We're not, we're not doing skits right now. We're having a real fun conversation, right? But I think too, what I've kind of like emulated this show about is finding those commonalities between someone like you who's doing comedy on TikTok to someone that is a world-class swimmer, right? It's kind of like when I DM'd you like, hey, we all kind of define success differently, but it's funny because how we define it, it's kind of a different Frankenstein way to getting to being where we're at today. And it all has kind of similar common, commonalities. So I like having that, like, hey, we're all coming from different backgrounds, different walks of life, but we all kind of have some core areas that we all can agree on. And whether you have a lazy eye or you run a really successful TikTok account or you're a world record holder, everyone can kind of agree upon a couple things that make them who they are today. Yeah, I mean, even to bring it back to that like hiking metaphor from earlier, it's what like what do you want to get out of it? Do you just want to get outside? Do you want to get to the top? Do you want to be out there for like two three hours? What like all of our goals could be different, but it's that one thing that we enjoy, which is getting out and doing the thing. So exactly, uh, I'm glad that I'm glad that you see it that way too. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. So we got one final question for you. We ask all of our guests this, so you can't get away with it, right? Okay. If you were to write your autobiography today, what would be the title of it and why? Um, if I had to write an autobiography, uh, probably would be It's Better Together. Like, so it's 
really easy to look at the things that you have done as a singular, but like to really get the whole gist of it, you kind of need to know the people around you and you need to know what made that person who they are. And I think that's always other people. So I think uh, if I were to ever write, there would be a lot of, you know, sure, I'm doing comedy and like that was my decision, but now I'm getting to meet so many people. I'm getting to interact and work with different people. And it's just, it's, it's also, I'm do, it's a, it's a performance. So I'm like, I'd like to think that I'm bringing laugh to laughter to people. So, uh, I, yeah, I, it, life is more fun with more people. So, uh, Absolutely. yeah, that, that would be my title. I love it. I love it. Well, Joe Fenty, this has been an absolute blast, man. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you being episode 90. And, um, you know, I feel like you have to start a podcast. <laughs> you know, like, you, you, like how, how great would it be is if after that sketch, you, you started your yeah. podcast, right? You're ready. Yeah. I mean, I did realize that after I did that sketch and now I'm on this podcast and I got invited to a different <laughs> one. I'm like, wow, I just shot myself in the foot. <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. And thank you for being an incredible guest. Thank you for coming on, man. And uh, we'll have to go out and get a drink in Southie here. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. So a big thank you to Fenty Fried Chicken for coming on this week's episode and sharing more about his story, more about the love for Boston content. I know we've interviewed incredible guests from the Boston content world here on this show. And it just always it's always fun to have someone that you 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 know from your backyard and i obviously sometimes we haven't met these people uh face to face but it's always that boston connection that i think can help bind people in any sort of conversation whether we're talking about kelly's or cappy's or southie you name it um there's something about boston that you can connect with anybody on and a big thank you to you guys for tuning into this week's episode, tuning in to the 89 other episodes. I can't believe we're here sitting on episode 90. So a big thanks to you guys, as always, because this show would not be possible without your guys' continued support. Be sure to go follow Fenty Fried Chicken on all things social media. I'll be sure to link him in the description of this week's podcast. If you've been living under a rock, you can check him out there. But uh, go be sure to go check us out on Instagram, uh, Instagram and TikTok so you can follow us and all the favorite clips from this week's episode at Normal Guy Lazy Eye. That does it for all my shameless plugs. I will see you all next week with another incredible guest.